And we'll go to verse number 14. Amen. James chapter 2, verse number 14. You've heard me talk about this subject many times. And this subject is so full and so rich and so broad that we can talk about this for months and months and still have a whole lot more to talk about because this is eccentric to what we are as Christians. When you're there, say amen. Amen. James chapter 2, verse 14 says this. What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say... He had faith and have not works. That's a question mark. Can faith save him? What does it benefit you? That's what it's saying. What what does it benefit you? If you say you have faith and you have not works, can your faith that you say you have save you? Now, that's a question that we'll deal with today, but something that's clear there where it says, can your faith save you, makes you understand that you need faith to be saved. See how you got to get into the word of God? So the word of God says, can your faith save you? So what it's saying is we can be saved by faith. We have to see that. Hebrews chapter 11, our Sunday school text this morning, I heard, well, not the text, but I heard this um, text used in Sunday school this morning in the adult class. Verse number six says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. Please who? Thank you. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is God and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. He is a rewarder to them that diligently seek him. He is a rewarder to them that deal. So what does that mean? If you seek him, he will reward you. Is there some rewards that you feel like God should have given you already and you have not received? Maybe you're not seeking him. You see what I mean by sometimes we just got to slow this thing down and stop running like it's, you know, this fast track. We got to slow this thing down and look carefully into the word of God so you can get understanding and not miss things and then get frustrated about things. God don't want us frustrated. But if we don't slow it down and look carefully, we're going to be frustrated and we're going to fall away from God and fall away from the church from time to time because of frustration. And the frustration only comes from us not looking carefully into the word of God. So we know faith can save us, we know that God will reward us if we diligently, carefully take our time and seek him. In this day and age that we're living in, we want to go on to the next thing. So I can be here right now and somebody's mind could be saying, okay, let us pray so you can get into the, the, the nux of the crux of what you're going to say today, because that's how our mind is being trained in every way. I got the iPhone 10 Max. I'm going to tell you that I'm a part of the, the, the whole thing. I'm, when I preach, I'm preaching to myself, too. Why did I tell you that? Because iPhone, whether you want to like it or not, I don't know what phones you're using, but iPhone almost I feel like these people are dictating our world. 
they they just they they incrementally keep doing things like I knew some of the things that were coming down the line and we don't even have a choice. We just have to wait until they bring things in and we just go with it. This, that, this, that, all these apps and all these creation that they're coming up with, all this technology, we just fall right into. We can't do anything about it. And so we're trained in every way to say, what's the next best thing? So when we come to church, all right, preacher, what's next? And so even when we come in in the morning, we know systematically how things go, and we just kind of, okay, the next thing. and the ne- So your mind is kind of wired that way, the next thing and the next thing. That will not help you in diligently seeking the Lord. That's what I'm saying. The way how we're wired and trained in society, it will hinder you from diligently seeking the Lord, from slowing it down and say, all right, I can't be going to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. Let me shut everything off and deal with this thing right now. And everything else have to wait till I'm done dealing with this thing. And right now we're getting ready to get into the word of the Lord. And hopefully by the time I get done here today, your understanding and your views and the things that you do will some, some way, somehow change just a tad bit to bring you closer to Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, we're so grateful for your word. We're grateful for your presence. We're grateful for people with open hearts and minds to receive the word of the Lord today. Lord, now I pray that the Holy Ghost will have preeminence. And that, Lord God, it will not be me, but all you that will speak through me. Lord, I know you have something to say to us, Lord God. And let none of us be exempt from what you say. Let none of us be exempt from the touch of your hand, from the moving of your spirit. Touch every heart. Speak to every mind. Let every person have a great encounter with you before we leave this place today, Lord God. I pray that the power of God will overshadow us. And that, Lord Jesus, there will be something that will take place deep inside of us, Lord, that will bring us closer to you, that will get us in a better place and where we are today in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Let everyone say amen. amen. We've entitled this message, you may be seated today, Faith Made Perfect. Faith Made Perfect. If I was to ask all of you in this congregation this morning, if you have faith, Most of you would tell me, absolutely, yes, I have faith. Don't tell me, preacher. I know I have faith. So if I ask you, every one of you will probably answer with a resounding, yes, I have faith. However, if I take take it a step further and ask you to explain the Bible's definition of faith, most of you would struggle doing that. If I said, give me the Bible definition of faith, you're probably going to struggle. So even now, just think about that for a second. Can you explain the Bible's definition of faith? Work that in your mind. And you're probably right now saying, hmm, that's something to think about. I I know I have faith, but if someone was to ask me to explain that, I probably couldn't explain it biblically. I, I probably can tell you what I think. But again, are we trying to 
live for God on how we think and how we feel, or are we trying to live for God according to his word? The Bible says without faith it is impossible to please God. Therefore, I better, you better, possess faith so you can please God. Romans chapter 1 verse 17 says, the just shall live by faith. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 7 says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We understand from this standpoint that faith is essential. Faith is something we have to possess in order to be saved, in order to please God, in order to walk according to the way the Lord wants you to walk. We have to possess faith. We must look and see what the real true definition of faith is so we can really understand if we have faith and how does faith work. But before we can do that, let's define what faith is not. The first thing I want to tell you is this. Faith is not believing. That's what most of you would have said that this morning. If I said, give me the biblical definition of faith, you would say to believe God. Yeah. Yeah. And I would ask you, then why are you sometimes hesitant in the things of God? Do you really believe God? And here's the truth. Some of us have believed God for something but we haven't seen any evidence of it, so you're backing up on your belief in God. Do you really think God wants you to back up on your belief in him? Do you really think God wants you to believe something that is not? No. So if faith is only believe, we're all in trouble. Because all of us have believed some things that never happened and that's exactly why some of us are not firm in God. Some of us are still going back and forth in God because we have believed God for something that he hasn't done yet. We have believed God to do things that he hasn't done yet. And so we're, we, we know he's God. We, we, we say, yeah, we, God is real. There's no way God is not real. For all the preaching that I've heard over the years, God, I know God is real. But somehow you're still hesitant. If he's as real as you say he is, why are you hesitant in some areas of God? So I challenge you today to tell you faith is not really believing it is possible to believe a lie <laughs> people can think they know something that is really untrue and act on the basis of their error so I can, I, can, I can believe something that is not true and begin to act on it, but it's not true. And no matter what you tell me, I believe it's true, so I'm acting on it. But it doesn't matter what I believe. If it's not true, it's not true. We can give some example of that. Scholars once believed the earth to be flat and stationary. They thought they knew the world was flat and stationary. They even persecuted those who knew that the world was round and rotating. 
It is not possible to know a lie. But it's possible to believe a lie. (laughs) You can't know a lie, but you can believe a lie. While it is possible to believe the world is flat and stationary, it is not possible to know that it is because it isn't flat and stationary. So when they said that the earth was flat and stationary, they believed it wholeheartedly, but it was a lie. How many people today in Christendom is living, believing a lie, believing something that is not true, but they're swearing by it and living by it and it's not happening and they're frustrated because they have embraced the lie and error, but it's not happening and they're like, why God? I thought, because you've been embracing an error. How many people have done that? How many people are doing that today? Here is the big one. And because sometimes what we believe is a traditional thought that was passed down by maybe our pastor, maybe our grandparents or parents, because it's something that was passed down to us, now we're saying, I don't care what you say. Let me tell you a secret. In God, don't ever say, I don't care what you say. Because we are trying to get to heaven. And whatever it takes to get to heaven, we might, we better say, that's what I'm going to do. And so if I've been believing something that my pastor said that was wrong, if I've been believing something that my grandmama said that was wrong, and I can see it that it was wrong, then guess what? Later for them, I love them, I'm not going to disrespect them, but I'm going to start following truth. I'm going to start doing what God says and not continue in what my grandmama says. Many people have come up against things in the Word of God that does not quite go with what they believe and now they turn from it because it doesn't go with what you believe. When I study my Bible and I come up on something, I'm saying, hmm, this is different. I write it down, set it aside because I'm going to get with it and study it out because I don't know. But the good thing I know about God is, Everything about God is good. And if I would just trust him and start studying the word out, when I get the answer that might be opposite of what I thought, I'm okay with it. Are you okay with what God says as opposed to what you've been comfortable with? Think about it. It is possible to believe truth. People can accept the reality of truth and act on that acceptance. By popular definition of believing, this world not require that truth accepted really be truth. But the popular definition is unacceptable. It is possible to know the truth and act upon that truth. Check this out. John 8.32. I didn't tell them that, but I'm getting ready to tell you what that is. It is possible to know something that is I'm sorry, is it possible to know something that is not true? No. Only truth can be known. It is possible to be ever learning but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. There are a lot of people learning the Bible but never coming to the knowledge of the truth. You know why? Because you're believing whatever you want to believe. And when you come up against something that don't go what you believe, you dismiss it. If we accept the words of the Lord in John 8, it is only 
by knowing the truth that men are freed from the bondage of idolatry and other sins. So that's what John 8, 32 wants us to know. You will know the truth and the truth will make you free. So go back and look at that. It, it says you will know the truth. It didn't say, and you will believe the truth. What it says, and ye shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. Why some of us aren't free? We can't get free because we won't know truth. We are believing lies. And so we can't know truth because truth can only be known. And if you don't know truth, you won't believe truth. So we're not free. And we come to church in bondage and leave in bondage because we're holding on to all of our ideology, all of what we want to believe. Remember, you can believe a lie. Believing doesn't mean that is true what you're believing. It just means you believe it. I mean, why do you think false religion do well? We have all these religions. Why do you think they do well? Somebody believed it. <laughs> Somebody decided I'm going to believe that. And so now you go and talk to them and they say, you don't understand. So everybody's sitting on the side saying, no, I got the truth. No, I got the truth. And everybody's saying they got the truth. And so now we stuck and say, who are you going to believe? And so that's why we have all this stuff going on. Which church should I go to? Uh. So we started on this to just say faith is not believing. That's, that's, that's different from what we've always felt and thought about the Word of God. Faith, you got to believe. Let me give you another example. How many times have you believed really strong for God to heal somebody and he didn't? Did you have faith? But he didn't heal them. So, I, so what happened there? Yeah, God's going to heal them. Yeah, God's going to bring them out. Yeah, God. Why didn't it happen? You had faith, didn't you? Because faith is not just believing. Hebrews 11 and 1 says this. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Now, you can go look at that from now till next week, and you still won't know how to explain that. Because that's a description of faith. It's not actual meaning of faith. So when you read Hebrews 11 and 1, it's describing faith. It's not telling you what faith is. This is not faith. But a description of faith, this, this does not tell us how to obtain faith. It describes faith. So it's one thing to obtain faith, to possess faith. It's another thing for faith to be described. Hebrews 11 and 1 describes faith. And so if I tell you, talk about that, well, you know, you got to believe without seeing. That's what we say. 
Now, I know there's scripture in the Bible that says, you know, Thomas, you know, you believe because you see, but there's others that believe. Blessed are those that believe without seeing. We'll get into that. We'll get into that. Here is the description of faith. Now, I might go a little bit deep. It, I might lose you along the way. I hope I don't. I'm gonna take, this is why I struggle with God. Because I say, God, I don't want to get down this road and get people confused. This is what I was arguing. So now I'll bring you into me and God struggling about what I was going to preach this morning. God, this is going to confuse them. I just want to preach something that's clear. Nobody's going to get confused. This is what I'm saying to God. And he wouldn't give me anything else. I said, man, dude, now I've got to try to explain this stuff. <laughs> Second Peter. Chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, is going to tell you what faith is. Don't ever forget this verse in the Bible. This is telling you what faith is. Faith, are you in the house this morning? What a, God has a funny sense of humor. Now, now let me get off track for a little So listen, everybody. I'm telling you, I'm struggling with the Lord all day, every day. I had no clue, I mean no clue, that Faithy Wazy was going to be in this congregation this morning. No clue. Faithy passed through here one time, and that was on a New Year's Eve. Passed through on a New Year's Eve. There was no way I could have guessed Faithy would be here this morning. On the day the Lord made me preach about faith. Okay. I'm just saying. God's got a sense of humor. That's all I'm saying because I don't know. I feel like he twisted my arm to preach this message. Got Faithy in the house. I got you back, Faithy. I remember Zori was mean to you at Shamika's um, Shamika's graduation. I never forgot that. You remember what she said? So Zori's my goddaughter, right? And so, you know, I take care of my God. Dude. I, I'm just, that's my girl. And we always chilling and I make sure she's straight. So we've taken pictures and everything and we hanging and everything. And so Faithy was trying to get in our picture. And Zori said, get out of the picture. I'm taking a picture with my God dad. And then Zori said to her, you want to go get your own God dad. That's sisters we talking about. I said, man, Zori, that was cold. Zori told her sister, go get your own God dad. Get out of the picture. I didn't want to say that. You said, I didn't want to say that. <laughs> hey, he's got a preacher, dude. He keep it clean. She did say that, but I didn't want to touch that because I love y'all too much. But you said it. Exactly right. Exactly right. So here's the definition of faith. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. Let's read it really slow. Simon Peter. Everybody know who Peter is? Peter was the one of the disciples with Jesus Christ. Peter was the one that stepped out of the boat and walked on water. Peter was the one that denied Jesus Christ. Peter was the apostle that preached the first message to the church. Peter was one of God's right-hand men. He had 11, 12 disciples, but three of them was really close to him. Peter, James, and John. Peter was his man. So here's Peter writing. Peter, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ. I wish we would just get over not feeling all uncomfortable that we're servants of God. 
we talking about this all-powerful dude that walked on water. He's the only one except for Jesus walked on water. He's all filled with the Holy Ghost. The man of God wrote stuff that we're living by today. And he called himself a servant of Jesus Christ. What's wrong with us? We just want to chill with Jesus. I don't do that kind of stuff. Jesus, I'm just with you. But Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ. Slow it down. To them that have obtained like precious faith. So Peter is saying he's writing to those of us who have obtained faith like he has. This, this faith that he's talking about, he calls it precious. He says, for those of you who have obtained like precious faith, with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Oh, this is good. He's still saying it. Verse 2 says, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of the, our Lord Jesus, or of Jesus our Lord. The righteousness of God... Revealed in Jesus Christ. How? Through the knowledge of God as the Lord Jesus Christ. First Peter that we just read one or second Peter that we just read chapter one, verse one and two tells us how you obtain like precious faith like Peter through the knowledge of Jesus Christ our Lord. When you have the knowledge of who Jesus Christ our Lord is, you have obtained like precious faith. You can, you, can, you can sift that through with all of your thinking that you ever had about faith, and you'll see how that stands strong. So everything we do in saying we have faith, it's mainly because of our knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, here's where I'm going with this. Your belief has challenged you over the years because you've believed and nothing has happened. But if you would know, something has to happen. When you believe, you're, you can believe something that might not be possible. You can believe something that's a lie. But when you know, you can't know something that's not true. You can't know something about nothing. You got to know it. And when you know it, listen, I want to tell you this today because I felt it in my soul, in my bones. I'm only standing here before you today because I know Jesus Christ. See, I don't know if y'all really got this thing. I know most of you say you know Christ. But I'm telling you, the reason why I'm standing here today is because I know him. I know him. And when I realize that Jesus Christ is God manifest, God revealed to us, this is what I know. If the God of all creation, the invisible God that was not able to be seen because he was a spirit who decided he was going to make himself seen by becoming a human like us. 
If he can do that and go through the birth process of the Virgin Mary and been a, a, a child in the womb and was, was birthed into this world and lived in this world and never sinned and, and, and was crucified and died and rose from the grave. And went, if he can do all of that, I wish we will get that part because that's knowing. that That's actual fact. That's actual things that has transpired. It's things that was done. And if Jesus Christ, who is God Almighty, can do all of that, and you know that, what will make you back up? What will make you not trust Him? What will make you not go forth and do what you got to do? What will make you stop just, just doing what He says? I know he forgives me of my sin because I know him. I know he went through this crazy thing to give his life to redeem us. So it doesn't make good sense that God Almighty became a man and gave his life to be crucified for us. And then he says, I'm tired of you, Bob. Go to hell. Just let you go to hell like He went through all of that. Now he's just, I'm tired of you. Just, just go. Then you don't know who he is. Then you don't have faith. Because I know that when I mess up and the devil is telling me, boy, you're you, you just never going to get it together. That's what the devil tells you when you mess up. You're just never going to get it together. I said, devil, you're messing with the wrong one because I know him. He's the one that says, how often should I forgive my brother? 70 times 7. 490 times in one day. 490 times we should give each other for messing up. So when somebody offends you, the Lord says you should forgive them 490 times for that one mess up. So if he's saying we need to do that for one another, what is he doing for me? See, I know him. I'm not guessing these things. I'm not speculating. I'm not believing a lie. I'm not trusting in something that really don't exist. I'm believing something that I know. That's what keeps us in Christ. That's the secret sauce. So all these years we're talking about, oh, I have faith. Well, stop for a minute and ask yourself, do you? Because I know, and we're going to get into it in a second, the reason why you can read about these other people in the Bible, David, messed up big time. Peter, denied Jesus, messed up big time. Noah, messed up. Abraham lied and he was called a father. I mean, we can go on and on. Adam let his wife sin by eating what God said. Not to eat. All of these things. But why did they continue on the journey? Because they had faith. They had faith. So no matter what happened, they're like, yeah, I know, but I know him. I know in my communication with him. I know in my time with him. I know who he is and what he's all about. He's about redemption. He's about saving me. He's about bringing me into eternity with him. I know him. And so no matter what, I know I'll be all right. And you got to know you will be all right. We back up from God because we were believing things that God didn't tell you to believe. Your tradition said to believe that. Somebody told you to believe that. You read the Bible and didn't understand it and didn't ask for clarity. So you believe something that God was not really saying. And we got to get past that and know what the word says. Know who God is for ourselves. So faith is not believing. 
Because you're going to believe some things. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. I've seen a lot of people get hurt. I've seen people walk out of church because I believe God and it didn't happen. Let me give you just a really good, let, let me just give you an easy, easy, easy answer. So the Bible says the Lord love a cheerful giver. So we're doing offering. And I said, bring your tithes and offering. And he started to come around. That's why I don't even want to come to no church. All they want is money. They just, oh, and the, the preacher just want to take your money. I, I, I don't even, let me just put a dollar in there. And you put the dollar and you walk away. And I'm up there talking about, yeah, if you give, you're going to be blessed. And then next week you're saying, yeah, and I'm not even blessed. Because I put money in the basket, I'm not even blessed. And my answer is because you weren't a cheerful giver. You see what I'm saying? It's just it's simple stuff like that that we're not even understanding. You come mean and you don't want to give. Church crooked. Now I'm not messing with those people. And so you come and uh, ball the dollar up. Didn't even want to uh, ball. Uh, uh. I just don't want people to look at me. So I got to fake like I put something in it. And then next week when money gets short in your house, you're like, that preacher did say you would be blessed. And then nothing comes to you. Guess what you say? See, that's why I ain't going to church next week. That's why you don't go to church then, because what the preacher said didn't happen. But you never stop and say, did I do what he said the right way so it can happen? Did I come around being cheerful? Did I come around saying, God, I trust you and I'm putting this money in because you said if I give it, did you come around like that? No. Well, don't get mad when you don't get blessed financially. But that's my point of what has happened to us by not Uh, holding on to this word the right way and stop believing tradition and error and things. We need to know things because when you know it, it has to be what it is. You can't know a lie. You can't know falsehood. You only can know truth. uh, And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. You can know truth, but you can't know a lie. You can believe a lie. We don't even realize those are the things that's messing us up. Is knowing who the Lord is. This is why it's so important. You will go to some churches like our kind of church. And you say, why do they always talk about God being one? Now you know. Because if you ever come to know that for yourself, you have possessed faith. Because you understand the process that he went through to save you. What can't he do? What can't he do? If he went through that whole process to come to this world to save me, what is he limited by? What will stop him? What, what, what can prevent him from being and doing? The Bible said he rose himself. Oh, my God. What, what can't God do if you know that God Almighty, who was spirit, made himself into a human and going through the birth? What can't he do? And then when he walked this earth, he never sinned. He submitted to the laws and did everything right. And then they crucified him. And then they buried him. But he rose on the third day. And he ascended to heaven for a moment and came back to the earth and gave his apostles instructions and then he ascended and said one day I'm coming back from my church a church without a spot or a wrinkle or any such thing if he can do that what is it in your life that he can't do that's what I know 
I'm not believing that. That's what I know. And so, let's take this thing home. Romans 10:17. So now this makes more sense. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. All that's saying is to obtain faith, you obtain it by the teaching of the word of God about who the Lord Jesus is. That's how you obtain faith. So as the word of God is being taught about who Jesus is, you obtain faith. That's why I said now faith coming by hearing. So if you never get teaching, hearing what who Jesus is, you never obtain faith. So the Bible says how you receive faith is it comes to you through hearing the word of God. So when you hear, so if I preach a lot about who Jesus is, you obtain faith. I have to preach that way so you can have faith. Because when I'm not around and you can't feel God, you got to know God. When there's nobody to encourage you or to tell you what you need to do, you got to know God. When there's nothing that you can turn to that will give you help and you can't feel the presence of the Lord and you say, man, God, are you real? I can't feel you. It doesn't matter. you got to know God. When the devil come and whisper in your ears and say, you might as well give that up. You might as well don't go to no church because it's not meaning. There's no meaning behind it. You better say, I know him. And whether I feel him or not, he's real. Whether I can see him or not, I know he's real. Whether whether I can see anything, I'm going to trust him because I know. I know. I know. This is what you got to tell the devil. I know. You got to know. You've been believing too long. Believing what you want. Believing is full of emotion. Emotion is not supposed to govern your relationship with God. I'm not saying uh, that sometimes uh, you don't feel yourself worshiping God and tears will flow. I understand that happens, uh, but when you don't feel no emotion, God is still the same. Uh, He says he never changed. Uh, He's the same yesterday, today, uh, and forever. And if he don't feel like letting you feel him, uh, he want to make sure you know he's real. Sometimes God withdraw his presence uh, from you feeling it so you can just know for yourself. Whether I feel them or I don't, I know God covers and encompasses the whole world, the heavens, and even under the earth. God is all present everywhere, all at once. I know that. I know that. I'm not guessing that. I'm not trying to understand that. As a matter of fact, there's some things you won't even understand. You better just know it. So, many believe, believing equals faith. So we go with our text that we started out earlier. James chapter 2, verse 14. What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he had faith and have not works? Can faith save him? Here is how that formula works that we have distorted and kind of lost track. I wish I had it to give over the overhead so you guys can actually see it. But picture it. This is what I have written down here on my notes. Faith plus a plus sign, just like you're adding, plus works equals believing. 
faith plus works equals believing. I'm going to say it one more time. Because I want you to get it to realize how this thing works so you can get ahead of this game and stop frustrating yourself. Faith, having the knowledge, then doing something with the says that I be- that's how it works. I have the knowledge. I do something with the knowledge. And that equals that I believe. I went, I'm going to work tomorrow because I believe in two weeks I'll get paid. That's what I'm doing. You going to work tomorrow? I'm going to work tomorrow because I know I will get paid. So because I know I will get paid, I'm going to go to work. And guess what? I will get paid. That's the formula. But we've been going the other way. I believe. And so I'm going to receive. You know, believe it, receive it, name it and claim it. It's not how it go. As a matter of fact, part of the definition of faith that I didn't even give you that because I didn't want to get you all consumed with that is when you know God, then you will have an understanding. The Bible says, and you will be able to discern what he's doing. And you can flow with what he's doing. So what happens a lot of times is this is faith. When when I know God, I know his ways. And so I understand what he's up to. And so I just I just work in harmony with what he's doing instead of trying to make up my own stuff. See, what we've been taught, we've been taught to, to believe things that we want. And because we've been taught to believe things that we want, we, we believe it and it didn't happen. Because here's what's the problem with that. You might want it, but God said that's not good for you. You, you see what I'm saying? Why, why that will mess you up if you keep on just saying faith is believe. Because you're going to want something and God is going to say no. And you're praying every day, but God, oh, you said if I ask, I shall receive. God. And he said, nope. Because I know you. And if I give you that, it's going to take you right out of my kingdom. I'm not giving you that. But God, he said, just believe. No. You need to know. And then when you know, you will have an understanding of what I do. And then you just come right alongside with me and roll with me. I said this yesterday at prayer. So listen to this. The lady that I've been praying for. That's in the hospital. Martha Williams. You heard me this morning and you'll keep hearing me praying this way. Lord, she don't know you. It is not your will that any should perish. Can you bring her up out of what she's in so she can get a chance to know you? Then, okay, whatever, one, whatever goes on after that, that's fine. But I appeal to God's who he is. I appeal to him that way. Why? Because I know him. I know he don't want any of us to die in our sins. So this lady, I know don't, she haven't. She don't know who he is. She haven't repented of her sins and baptized in his name. She don't have his spirit. So I know that if she leave this place, she's not going to heaven. I know that. So that's how I appeal to God. Father, I know. And, 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 I'm, and I'm careful how I say it. I say, Father, I know you've given her plenty of chances to know who you are. 
but we are asking now. This church is coming to you now and ask you to be merciful and give her one more chance. And when you bring her up out of that, let us stand before her and explain to her the word of God. And then after that, she get it. Then whatever you want to do, Lord, it's up to you. But can you give her? Guess you think God is going to say, no, 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 that's it. No, because it is God's will that none should perish but that all be saved. It is God's will that we should hear this gospel and have a chance to get our life right. That's what God wants for every one of us. So because I know that, that's how I pray. You see the difference? I, I didn't pray. See, I could have prayed God heal her. But he, he, he didn't have to heal her. Why? Because probably he gave her plenty of chances. This is for all of us. We've been listening to what I'm saying. Probably he gave her plenty of chances to get it right, and she didn't. So I can say, Lord, heal her, and he, and he can just say, not say it to me, but like, Wayne, you don't understand. I sent this person to talk to her. I, I had her, you know, 20 years ago sitting in a church where they were preaching truth and she didn't receive it. So, Wayne, I'm sorry. Because I know God and I know he could really say that. I said, give her one more chance to hear the truth and let us be a part of that. You know how I learned that? I, I read Abraham, how Abraham approached God. See, this is what I'm talking about. I'm not guessing these things. I'm not trying to make up these things. I am going to the book. I am going to know what he has done and go from there. I'm not making these things up. Abraham went to God and appealed. I remember plenty of times the scripture said, God, you're going to let the enemy destroy your whole, all your people. And then they're going to say they serve a weak God. That always appealed to God. So God never want us to look bad because he looks bad. If we say we are his people and we look bad, guess what? You got a weak God over there, dude. So that, learn that about your God, if he's your God, that appeal to him so he can come to your rescue because you appeal to him the right way. It ain't psychology because you can't play psychology on Jesus. But what you can say is, God, I'm appealing to you. Okay, let me give it to you this way. Just like... I stand before judges on behalf of other people and ask for mercy. That's what I'm doing. I go to God and pray for somebody. That's, that's really the same thing. I can't tell you how many times I've gone before judges in trend. Judge, Your Honor, and I learned that through the Bible. Your Honor, I'm not telling you they're the best person. Always learn that when you go and ask judges for mercy for people. Don't go there and act like they all agree. Because guess what? That judge had that person rap sheet. Don't go there talking about, oh, they've always been a good. Don't do it. The way how you beg for mercy is, judge, I know they've gone down the wrong track. They've done a lot of things that's shady and wrong, and I, I, I just wish they didn't. But, judge, I've been talking with them lately. I've been working with them. I've been showing them in the word of God. I've seen some change. And I believe, judge, if you will give them a chance, be merciful to them and don't give them the sentence that they deserve. Give them a chance to come out and start coming to church and learn about God. I think they will be changed, judge. I think they'll be different and they'll be now a person that will do for society and not take away from society. That's how you ask for mercy from the judge. Well, the judge is a judge. He's a man. So I go to my God who created us. And loves us. That's how I go to him. When I go to him on behalf, I say, God, I know we have sinned. I know we haven't done right. I know we have done some things that's just, 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 just not good. And, and, and you don't approve of them. But God, I'm asking you to be merciful to us. I'm asking you to forgive us, Lord, because we have messed up. But Lord, I know you want to help us. Be merciful to us. 
That's how you pray to God. That's how you ask God for things. You can't act like you good and you deserve nothing because none of us deserve anything. None of us deserve the goodness of God. God has done everything that he needs to do for us and we still aren't appreciative. And But God is so good that he's still doing for us if we will go to him and say, God, be merciful. And so here I am. I'm going to finish up with this. I'm going to finish up with this. So here is faith plus works equal believing. I'm going to finish up like this. Faith plus works equal believing. It's not conventional that we've been talking about. And I know some of you are like, oh, man, that makes sense. But boy, oh, boy, when you get a chance today, just match up that definition with everything that you have read. So here's examples of how it all works. And I'll give you this. Hebrews chapter 11. I'm finishing up. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number four. Watch faith plus works equal believing. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. It says by faith. It didn't say he offered up a sacrifice. It said by faith. So because of his knowledge, watch it. You got to see it because of his knowledge of who God is. Maybe when Adam, this is new revelation here. Maybe when Adam was teaching his boys about God, Cain was like, ah, dad, I'm not trying to hear that. And Abel was like, tell me, dad, tell me. And so Abel was able to know God. So he approached God and he prayed to God because he knew God. And that caused him to what? Offer. So faith Produce works equal belief. Finish it up. I'm just giving you all the examples. Hebrews 11 and 7. By faith, Noah. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet. Remember I told you, faith is the evidence of things hoped for. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of the description. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not yet seen, moved with fear. What did he do because of faith? Prepared an ark. Here's the action again. Because he had faith, he put some works and prepared that ark. He didn't prepare the ark because he believed. He prepared the ark because of what he knew. Hebrews 11 and 8. By faith, Abraham... When he was called to go into a place which he should go, should after receive an inheritance, obeyed and went out. God spoke to Abraham and Abraham knew, I heard from the Lord. This wasn't, I think, I believe. No, he knew he heard from the Lord. And that's when he started going to a land, started following the Lord. And how many of us are following Jesus and we don't know where we're going, but we're following Jesus. We're just mimicking Abraham if that's what we're doing. You have to have faith. Why some people, oh, help me today, church. Why does some people break off in following Jesus? Because you didn't know. We go sideways, Bob, because we didn't know. Somebody said something to you and you started believing, but you didn't know. But the day you come to know, 
nobody not getting you to go to the left or to the right because you know for yourself and no matter what you just keep going because you say I know when I first started this journey somebody told me about Christ and I believed it but there was not faith at that time I just believed what somebody said but as I kept coming to church and they started talking about faith I started knowing faith and possessing faith and now that I have faith nobody can stop me from going to church nobody can stop me from trusting in God nobody can stop me from having total confidence because I know I know Bob and I'm telling you I know why God wanted me to talk to you today about this because we are trying to live for God in ignorance just believing it's almost like a it's just, it's like on a whim it's like it's like on a it's just like you don't really know and you're hoping that it will work out and you're like ah, I think so and you know a lot of people are doing it so let me just do it and you're guessing and you're hoping it will work out and that's why when things start going haywire when things start becoming challenging you can't maintain because you don't know But when you know, listen, man, I don't think any of you in this church ever denied Christ verbally. You might have said, I'm not going to church. You might have said, that ain't for me. But you never denied Christ like, I don't know who Jesus is after knowing who he is. Did any of you ever do that? Knew who Jesus was and then said, I don't know. him." You never did that, did you? Guess who did that? The dude that we read from, Peter. That dude denied Christ. Knowing, I don't know that. And he is considered one of the chief apostles. You think I'm going to give up? You you think I'm going to worry about whatever mess I make? Oh, no. I'm going to get it together and keep on stepping. Because if Peter can be forgiven and preach the first message to the church after he done cussed, because the Bible says he cussed, he swore, he cussed and cut off a man's ear and then say, I don't know the man. And he was preaching the first message to the church and he's considered a chief apostle. And I'm going to walk away because yesterday I lied. I'm going to walk away because somebody got on my nerves and I cussed them out. I'm going to walk away because I took some drink and I got drunk and I shouldn't have got drunk. I'm going to walk away because of all that when Peter did that. Y'all better get this thing together. It's what I know. I'm not guessing these things. I'm not making these things up. It's what the Bible is teaching us. We got to know God. And when you know Him, nobody can stop you. He will keep making a way for you. When you say, God, I know I messed up. God, I know I'm not right, but I'm coming because I know you're a savior. I know you're a deliverer. I'm going to keep coming at you and I know you will help me to overcome and be victorious. We got to keep going at Christ. And if you diligently seek him, he will reward you. Come on, somebody and help me this morning. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 29 and 30, it says, by faith, they passed through the Red Sea. They passed through by faith. By faith, they passed through the Red Sea. So what it says, can you imagine? I I don't want to keep anymore because I'm really done, but I'm just trying to give you the word so you understand what faith is all about. So can you imagine? Brother Dibble talked about this the other day. Can you imagine? Here's a good, good Red Sea. And we're over here. Red Sea, go from all the way over there. And my adversary's chasing me to bring me in slavery or to kill me. And that's the Red Sea right there. The Red Sea deep. I mean deep. 
and I'm there. And all of a sudden, the Red Sea just opened up, opened up. The mud dried. Who going to cross? Remember now, this thing is so high that if anything goes wrong once you step in, you're done. Who's going to cross? Only them that knew him. You see what I'm saying? This is why it says by faith. Because when you see that Red Sea open up, in your mind, we all so skeptical. I don't trust that. I might as well just, Pharaoh, here I am, Pharaoh, here I am. You can take me because I am not, because you'd rather go live in slavery than get swallowed up by that sea. So when you get to that Red Sea and you see that thing, oh, snap. No. I don't even want to get close to the edge or fall over. And so, boom, here you go. And so you get there. Red Sea. And all of a sudden, boom, boom, boom. And they crossed over. And they're on this side. And Pharaoh see it and say, oh, I'm going after them. And when he started coming after them, the Red Sea closed up on them. It turned to mud. The water came in, closed up on them. Why did they know that would happen? Because they knew God. They watched how God delivered them. They watched how God did everything that he said he would do. And that's why they ended up there. Almost done. 1130. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed around about seven times. Why would I march around a wall? Again, makes no sense. Why would I march around a wall and talk about it's going to come down? Uh, That's so stupid. Uh, Keep walking around. Yeah, the wall will fall down. Five times walk around, people looking like, they crazy. <laughs> That's that crazy Pentecostal church. They, they crazy. They just walking around the place like it's just like. And then on the seventh time, the wall just came down. They knew. Joshua and all them, they knew. This, they didn't guess things. They knew. They weren't just believing some happenstance thing. They knew. And so I finished today by telling you this. James chapter 2, verse 22. Seeth thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect. Faith is made perfect by your works. This is a struggle for us and a challenge for us because we want things to happen like it's magic. Stand with me. We want things to happen like it's magic. We don't want to put no effort behind it. We just want magic. We just want to, uh, and it just happened. But God's word says, if we possess the knowledge, the next thing that has to happen is we put work behind it. We put effort, action into it, and things will begin to happen. Things are not happening because we're not putting the effort into it. We're just believing God is going to do all the work. We want God to do all the work. When God is saying, no. Put the action in the knowledge that you have. And so if we can do that, we're going to experience all kind of powerful things in God. If we can just put works behind what we possess. You've heard the word of the Lord today. You've heard what faith is all about. Having the knowledge of who Jesus Christ really is. And once you have that, you just, this is why it says With faith, all things are possible. This is why he says that. Because why? Faith is having the knowledge of him who has done the impossible. 
So if he has done the impossible before, what is it? He can do it 2,000 years ago, but he can't do it today? No, that's not how it works. If he can do the impossible 2,000, 4,000, 6,000 years ago, he's still doing the impossible today. So he can do the impossible. You just got to act on the knowledge you have. If you have the knowledge, you need to do something about it. And there are so many things God wants to do and so many things. Here, here, listen to me. I'm, I know I'm done, but you got to hear this. There are things that you desire in God and God wants for your life. And the only way it's going to happen is when you begin to act on it. As long as you just stay incognito, as long as you just lay back, as long as you just keep on doing what you've always done, you will always get what you've always got. As long as you keep on doing that, you will not experience what God said you will experience, the supernatural. So I want you to pray with me today. I'm going to pray with you just for a second here that you will be courageous enough to obey the word of God. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray this morning, this afternoon, Lord God, that every person under the sound of my voice will take a hold of faith this morning. That they will possess faith, Lord God, and then begin to put works behind it. For Lord, it is faith plus works that will equal believing. If we say we believe, Lord, then Lord Jesus, the faith will cause us to do work, Lord God. And I pray today, Lord Jesus, that every person under the sound of my voice, Lord, will respond to the word of God. And that today, Lord God, when they leave this place, they will begin to put works behind what they know. That this day forward, Lord God, there will be no guessing. There will be no believing in just hopes and no believing in error. But, Lord God, they will know truth. They will know what your word says. They will know you for themselves. And, Lord God, uh, they will begin to put works behind it. Because faith without works is dead. But faith with works is made perfect. And so, Lord, I pray today that faith uh, will be made perfect uh, in the life of each and every one of us. Because we will put works behind it. uh, Never ever to be the same. Never ever to look back. uh, Never ever to allow tradition uh, to work and and control us. But God, it will be faith that will control us. Uh, I pray this morning in the name of Jesus uh, that you will move upon us, Lord. uh, And that you will speak to our hearts, Lord. uh, That somebody will hear uh, and respond today. uh, And not allow this word to escape them. uh, But God, it will hold true. uh, They will hold to this word. And apply it to their life. Uh, Lord, I pray that you will help us today. Uh, Equip us. Impart this word now in our heart. That we can walk out of here today uh, with faith. uh, And put in works behind it, Lord God. Uh, I pray, Lord God, uh, that you will bless and keep this church. Uh, I pray, Lord God, uh, that you will take this church to a new dimension. uh, And to a new level in you, Lord God. Uh, Oh, God, I pray today uh, that the power and the force uh, of the Spirit of God uh, will overtake us. Lord God, that Lord from this point on, whether we feel it, whether we we, we understand it or not, Lord God our knowledge of who you are, our knowledge of what you have done will cause us to act 
Lord God. I pray today that we will begin to act, Lord God. We will begin to do, Lord God. We will begin to execute, Lord God. We will begin, oh God, to obey what the Word of God is saying unto us. Lord, have your way today. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for speaking to our heart. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for giving us understanding and revelation. In the name of Jesus, I pray that somebody today will respond to the Word of God and surrender their life to you. Not ever, oh God, to go back from where you're bringing them from. Somebody, God, wants to bring you out of what you're in. Somebody, God, is trying to take you into your purpose. Somebody, hear what the Spirit of God is saying unto you. Hear what God has spoken into your heart and grab a hold of it and begin to do it. Father, I pray that no one in this place will reject the Word of God, that all will receive it, that all will receive it into their heart, into their mind, that all will receive it, Lord God, and become a doer of it, Lord God. I pray the blessings of God will flow upon us, Lord, and that the will of God will be done. We thank you today, Father. We praise your holy name. We honor you, and we lift up your name. Will somebody today give God some praise? Will somebody today clap their hands unto the Lord and let out your voice and give the Lord a praise? Will you open up your mouth? Faith without works is dead, but if you will put works behind it, it will be made perfect. Will you open your mouth and give God a praise? Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. He is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. He is the Lord Most High. And there is none like Him. Come on, clap your hands and thank the Lord today. He alone is worthy. He alone is worthy. He alone is worthy. He alone is worthy. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Come on, one more time. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Oh, we love you, Jesus. We love you.